You grab your thickest wool and head outside despite the proximity to Halloween. What will you find? A ghoul? A coyote? Or the heavens sprawling across a boundless sky? Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. Growing up, I assumed that all families took regular time together to dust off a big telescope and stare into the vastness of space. I assumed that all families planned their vacations to coincide with night sky phenomena. Such is the naivete of a child, or at least me as a child. I probably had no peers growing up whose parents had a backyard telescope, knew what a meteor was or a galaxy, or for that matter, ever observed them. But this was normal in my household growing up. Summer vacations always seemed to hinge on places with dark skies in August so we could catch the Perseids. And I recall countless evenings looking at all sorts of celestial bodies with my dad at the helm. In particular, I recall the comet hale in 1997, where I was fairly unaware of the cult surrounding it, yet watched it every night for at least a week. So I've always tried to keep tabs on night sky happenings, and tonight is a very special meteor shower, the Orionids. So first, a quick primer on celestial bodies. Earth and the rest of the planets orbit the sun in a predictable, almost circular path. Note the word almost there. In truth, our path and that of any other object in our solar system take on an elliptical orbit, that is to say, somewhat egg-shaped. In the case of planets, it's only slightly so, but in the case of comets, their orbits are drastically squished and they make great treks to the outer reaches of our solar system, only to come back to the inner planets after a great long while. Comets, by their very nature, are giant lumps of frozen ice, gases, and rock. When they are far from the sun, everything stays nicely frozen. But closer to the sun, the warmer they become until they begin to melt, forming a glowing trail of dust, gas, and vapor, the iconic tail of a comet that makes them such a sight to see when they are near enough to Earth for the backyard astronomer to see. This cloud of dust they leave behind doesn't just dissipate, it stays there for a very long time. When Earth collides with this dust trail, the friction of those particles of dust against our atmosphere causes the grains to heat up and disintegrate, and in doing so, make a fantastic flash of light. These flashes of disintegrating dust are what we call meteors, and while there can be rogue meteors at any time of year, when there are dense collections of them during a specific time originating from the tail of a particular comet, They become a meteor shower and are generally named from the place in the sky in which they originate. The Orionid meteor shower is supposed to peak tonight and in the wee hours of tomorrow morning. The dust cloud that fuels this meteor shower is from Halley's Comet, which last approached the inner planets in 1987 and won't return for another 75 to 79 Earth years. Because the comet makes both an approach towards the sun and then travels away from it, we actually get two meteor showers from the same comet, the Orionids in October and the Eta Aquariids in May. This year we can expect around 10 to 20 meteors per hour at peak, which isn't exactly the light show that some folks think of when they think about meteor showers. That said, what the Orionids lack in numbers, they make up for in the speed and brightness of the meteors. Because Earth is traveling in the opposite direction as the cloud of debris, the meteors travel incredibly fast across our sky. 148,000 miles per hour. This speed means the light they produce is very bright and often leaves a trail of ionized gas behind them that can linger for minutes. The Orionids are also known to produce a good number of fireballs, and for producing meteors which burst apart into multiple pieces streaking across the sky. 
So this weekend, if you happen to be in a place with a clear sky, you could take a step outside in the middle of the night to gaze towards the constellation Orion, in hopes of catching a few stray meteors. This year, we are lucky to have a crescent moon that will interfere very little with this show, so fingers crossed that the sky remains clear for a good show. And take a kid. Maybe you can help them grow up believing that everyone is so in tune with the movements and rhythms of the heavens. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology.